beautiful souls, welcome back to Level Up with Gal podcast show where you are able to show up as your true authentic self and learn how to level up in your life. I'm your host, Gal Perino. Today we have a special, beautiful guest who has amazing energy. Just stay tuned and wait. Joining the show, we're going to be talking about all things spiritual. So before you say it's too woo, sit tight and we're going to dive in. So please welcome Marie St. Clair from HMA Modern to the show, who is the expert on this topic. Hello and welcome, Marie. How are you doing and feeling today? I'm doing great and I'm feeling good. I'm I'm well rested. I've eaten. I'm good. I'm good. It's a sunny day outside. Yeah. Awesome. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for asking. I don't get that ass often. So I appreciate that. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> so I love that. So welcome and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Uh, uh, my name is Maurice. I, uh, I'm, I consider myself a, a channel for both information and healing. Kind of, this is like the general sense, but technically, if you want to break it down, I'm a Reiki master. I am a medium, a psychic, a shamanic practitioner, and an Akashic healer. So I, I do a kind of a plethora of things. And I do some other things that I um, haven't yet offered yet. I'm just kind of like working on myself and developing my gifts as they go. But yeah, overall, I, I like to just tell people that I'm a channel for information and healing. Uh, which means I can just kind of, I'm like a receptacle for non-physical things. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I love that. And I like that you do so much. So a little bit there and there and whatever people need, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. So tell us how your journey started. How did you get to where you are today and doing all these awesome things? Uh, so I'll try to condense this part. So uh, during a business trip to India, I got very sick mm -hmm. and um through that process of healing, which took about two and a half years uh, of, of healing myself because the doctors couldn't help me. They couldn't figure it out. I, uh, I gained a lot of sensitivity, both to yes, foods, but also to everything. And I started realizing that I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of receiving a lot of information, downloads and things. I was pretty confused about it, but the first thing that I was led to, uh, because people kept kind of saying and that they were kind of um, probably being divine messengers themselves but they're like your your journey it sounds like uh sounds like you're like a shaman it sounds like shamanic like a lot of I, i've heard that many shaman either will go through some sort of like a major injury before they awaken or illness and that kind of sparked something in me so i started to to look up uh, shamanism started to read deeply into it and so i started uh, practicing shamanic journey, uh, shamanic drumming, things like that, just to kind of like dip my toe and kind of maybe get a grip on the, some of the senses that I was getting. And that led me to uh, kind of discovering more and more about myself and my uh, non-physical spiritual guides. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that concept is introduced on this on this uh, show yet, but, um, but I, I realized that I have a, a team of non-physical guides all around me that are always helping me. And I started working hand in hand with them. Uh, I guess another pivotal moment was, uh, I just, oh, my great grandmother passed away. She was like my mother. She was like important to me. She passed away. And uh, one day when I was kind of just, just sobbing at the, the kitchen table, uh, she came to me and she kind of, she put this deep warmth in my heart, which told me this was the first time that I was like, oh, contact doesn't cease when people pass away that that's like the moment that I was like that I had that realization myself that you kind of hear it in passing but this is when I experienced it for the first time myself and from that moment on she kind of took me by the hand and just led me down literally a computer rabbit hole and from there I uh, I discovered Reiki mm. so I started kind of just like looking into it myself just trying to do it myself and then I hit a wall I felt like I'm not getting as far as I need to so then I went to a, a practitioner to get um uh, attuned and trained in how to do it and get all the certifications and stuff. And uh, from there, I was doing that for years. Didn't intend to do it for people, really. It was just kind of a self-development thing this whole time. This is back into, now we're at, because uh, I got sick in 2014. Now we're probably at like 2016, 17, where this is happening. And then um, fast forward to 2019, my gifts were really hitting a peak. And I was like, I need to do something about this. I don't know, like, I can't keep doing this myself. I need to find other people that I can practice with. So I literally hopped on the computer and I typed in, I remember it was uh, psychic development circles is what I typed. And what mm -hmm. popped up was uh, a mediumship circle. It's the only thing that fit in my schedule at the time. 
and a mediumship uh, like practice circle where other mediums could practice together. And uh, I joined that. I did an online one because I couldn't make any of the in-person ones. And um, alongside my job, I was doing that. And I learned immediately when I first joined that uh, that uh, circle that, oh, I'm already a medium. I can already do this. It worked the instant I tried. And I was like, oh, okay, is this what I've been doing this whole time? I just didn't understand who and what I was talking to. And it gave me framework. It helped me understand the, the specifics of who I'm talking to, made me able to see them. It, it built like a frame around this kind of like swirl of information that was coming into me. And um, and then uh, 2019, that brings us to 2020. And um, 2020, uh, the job I was working at shut down because of COVID. And um, I just dove deeply into my spiritual work because I was like, what else am I going to do? And uh, I tried working again as a, as a cook, as a because like that was like one of my main uh, professions that I thought I was going to be doing for my life. And um, I hated it. I realized like I, this this isn't me anymore. That like, I really despised it. And um, and then one day they stopped calling me in to work, and I was like, okay, well, I got to do something. And during the circles, my great grandfather specifically would come in all the time. My my late great grandfather. And he would tell me that I needed to be doing this for work. And I kept, I kept brushing him off. Like, no, 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 I don't want to charge. I don't want to do that. And he kept, this was like six different times through different people telling me the same message. And then finally, when that job ended, I just relinquished. And I was like, okay, like, fine. Let me just try and see what happens. And that's how I started doing it professionally. I started doing first just mediumship readings. Uh, I did hundreds of them for free because I had to prove to my ego that it was actually working. Just, mm -hmm. just for people that I didn't know outside of the circle. And then I, I transitioned into uh, doing it professionally. And then I figured after a while, I was like, well, I've been doing shamanic journey for like a long time. So I started doing that. I said, well, I also am a Reiki master. So I started doing this. So I just added in the things I collected along the way to, to my services. And um, yeah, and here I am now. Wow. Freaking amazing journey. Thank you for sharing, bringing that in. And I just want to keep listening to you. And I'm like, tell me more. <laughs> so I feel that way. The listeners feel the same way. So, wow. What an amazing journey. So can you explain a little bit, what is, what does it mean by like a shamanic journey and services? Like, what does that mean? So people can understand. So when you journey shamanically, I'm going to, I'm going to explain it from my perspective. Mm -hmm you travel outside of your body mm. and you go to one of three main areas of this you can call it the spiritual realm some people like to call it alternate reality there is a an upper realm a middle realm and a lower realm up the middle realm is basically the spiritual overlay of our physical world mm. that makes sense you can kind of uh compare it to like uh the astral realm, you know, like that, that kind of thing. When people astral travel, the upper realm is very ethereal, angelic kind of beings of light and love uh, tend to be there. This is where they, they frequent. And it's uh, it's very bright. It's very kind of crystalline and, and uh, airy. This is the area that you might go if you're wanting to uh, heal or see things from kind of a, a higher perspective. The middle realm, it's like if you are trying to solve for, for earthly problems, I mean, you can do that in any of the realms, but like, I like to go here when I'm trying to, for example, find a physical object. Do you know what I mean? They try to locate a physical object that I'll travel to this realm. Now, the lower realm is interesting, and, and I think probably my favorite, my most frequent. It's the, the realm of all of the natural entities of the world. So uh, natural landscapes, uh, the the overarching spirit of all the elements. So for example, the spirit of fire, the spirit of water, uh, kind of like uh, fairy type beings, animals, this is where they will frequent. Though these beings can kind of like, kind of go between all three of these levels. Uh, this is typically about where they stay. And during a shamanic journey, I will, it's, it's truly like a, an augmented reality, immersive experience. The journey itself becomes the answer to the question. So when I do shamanic journeys, I ask people to ask me usually three questions and I journey on their behalf. Every little bit of stimulus that comes into me as I'm going through the journey becomes the answers to the questions. I'll encounter different beings. There'll be the beings that belong to the whoever I'm, I'm reading for. And they'll come in and they'll give direct answers. They'll take 
essentially take me by the hand and take me to different places, show me different things that helped answer the question. And um, yeah, that's about it. Like uh, it'll consist of me walking out of my body and usually there'll be some sort of opening in the room that I'm in and I'll walk through it and that begins the journey. And then it's just hands off from there. I'm just kind of experiencing it and voicing it. Either it's written or I will uh, do it audibly. And um, did I answer the question or did you ask yeah, me? Yeah, no, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Thank you for bringing that in and, you know, enlightening us because I, I've never heard of all that. And that's incredible. Uh, so you do that and then you do like, you do the Reiki work. So if someone wanted a session with you, you know, mm -hmm. to rebalance their chakras, you can do that for them as well. Absolutely. I love that. It's like, what do you need from Maurice? Right. And here you go. Yeah. I'm like a Swiss army knife. Yeah. And kind of do a bunch of things. And, and I'm not really limited to, I use, though I use these uh, names for modalities, mm -hmm. it's just really to help people understand the basis of what I do, but I really kind of work outside of these things. And that is to say, for example, you might ask for a Reiki session mm -hmm. and there ends up being sh both shamanic and mediumistic elements to it as well. That's not really limited. You know, like you might come for, it's really dependent on what your intention is. So if you're wanting healing, you might ask for a Reiki session, but other things might come through to provide the healing as well. I'm just the channel. I just kind of allow whatever it is that needs to come in to come in. Wow, that's badass. That's so cool. <laughs> 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 like, that's how you should start your descriptions. Badass services. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear people say things like that because I'm like, I'm just, I'm just following the breadcrumbs, you know? I'm just mm -hmm. kind of going where I'm led. And it's interesting where it's led me, you know? But when, once you relinquish and surrender to what you're being asked to do, your life gets kind of amazing, you know? And um, this has been one of the biggest lessons on my spiritual journey. I love that. And even just hearing you talk, like the the love out of your voice and your tone, you know, I feel that people feel that when they're going to be listening to this. So thank you. Wow. What an amazing journey you've been on through the ups and downs, I'm sure, right? There wasn't always up. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, the whole lot of downs with the ups. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't just a smooth, uh, happy go lucky. No, there's, uh, I've had my ass handed to me mm. over and over again. Uh, and, but that's, that's built me, you know, that's, that's gotten me to where I am. But without that, I don't think I'd be able to speak with, with this amount of, um, love, as you say. Mm, I like that because if people listen, like, okay, Maurice is successful today, but there is part of the journey. That's not fun. You know, because so many people see someone who's doing well and doing something they love and they think it was like a snap of a finger and you got to where you are. And it's that's not the case whatsoever. <laughs> mm -mm. Nope. Nope. Yeah. You know, um, but you'll find that everything, everything in your life, even outside of the, the spiritual or whatever the topic is that, that you're, you know, that you're pursuing, everything ends up being kind of a like a training module. Uh, this, the uh, phrase that you'll hear me say a lot is that like everything is training. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that you're doing, you, you'll find that everything is training and it never stops, mm -hmm. you know? So um, yeah, everything can be taken, you know, as I'm not being condescending, I'm not belittling the, the difficulty of the process because it, it can be absolutely heartbreaking uh, in, in so many ways, but um, it also provides you the opportunity to be able to, to grow into something completely new. So mm, I love that. So what would you say to someone who is like, how do I know where to start? Like, what do I want to do Reiki first? Do I want to tap into shamanic? What would you say to someone like that? Ooh. So I used the phrase a couple minutes ago about like following the breadcrumbs. I think that's the, the first kind of the first step is like, follow where you're led. Don't try to force it. There's going to be something that lights you up or interests you the most. Walk in that direction, D trying to follow some sort of template, especially anybody else's template, it's just not going to work. Everyone is different. Uh, just speaking for myself, what led me to, for example, that the first kind of spiritual practice that I got into was shamanic practice. That was as a result of me getting sick and me kind of hearing this repeated message through other people, but also through not like books and things that I would kind of slip onto at websites and things that felt resonant to me and like and felt relevant to my specific story and mm -hmm. so I just walked in that direction so I guess the first step for people is just walking in the direction that feels right you know um 
one thing I will say, and this is not some plug for for Reiki, because to be honest with you, like though I use it, it's it's just a hammer in a toolbox to me. You know, it's just it's just one facet. Like I'm not attached to any modality, really. It's just kind of how I do things. But for people who are wanting, for example, some um, some like energetic framework, just kind of like understanding and and um, basic understanding of how energy moves throughout the body and, and chakras and things like that. Reiki is a, is a nice place to start, but it is a nice place to start. You know, it is kind of like a, it, it's like if you have a blank sheet of paper, mm-hmm. it provides like a, some that you draw a square on a piece of paper and now you can fill it in with a bunch of other things and a bunch of other modalities. So um, I find that a lot of people end up starting with Reiki. Uh, but it also depends on your specific uh wants and desires. So for example, if your number one motivator is wanting to be able to uh, communicate more effectively with non-physical beings, with your ancestors or guides in spirit, I would say start with mediumship, because that's essentially what that is, being able to, to communicate with non-physical beings. And um, yeah, that's what I'll say about that. Mm, so definitely have an intention, right, is what I'm hearing. Have an intention and then see what works best for you. Exactly. Start with the intention always. Mm-hmm. That concept right there goes all the way up. And every little thing that I do, uh, both within a spiritual work and without, uh, I always begins with uh, the intention. The intention powers everything. Mm, I love that. So don't just fly by see your pants and just hope something falls in your lap. Like, don't do that. <laughs> no, it's better to, yeah, yeah to, to at, least, at least come, if you don't come up with an intention, mm-hmm. wait for the intention to come to you. Mm. Yeah, it'll come. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Ironically, if you intend it, yeah. Right, right. And I like that you brought that in because people are gonna be like, Maurice Gal, how do I make of intention? Like, what are you guys talking about? So I like mm. that you said, like, hey, it will come. But you know, do you also feel it's important to create space so that intention can come? Because some people keep themselves so busy. Right. Oh, yeah, that's and that's absolutely important. So actually, yeah, you know what? Let me let me edit it a little bit. Mm-hmm. If you're wanting to get into some sort of spiritual practice, but you don't know where to start, start by meditating. Mm. Because it's not that, it's not to see meditation as a, as a modality or, or uh, you know, it's, it's just meditating in and of itself is by definition for me anyway, my perspective is finding ways to drown out outside stimulus. Mm-hmm. Put a blindfold on, earplugs in if you have to, but like get quiet, get in words and like, Try to, as much as you can, ignore what's happening outside of you. Mm-hmm. And whether this looks like you sitting in silence and oming, or whether this is you walking in, in nature, or whether this is you doing dishes or painting, whatever it is that mm-hmm. you feel that you can do to shut that thinking mind off, do that. Because mm-hmm. that's how you allow it in. That's how you create that space. Mm, I like that. And I like the examples you gave, because a lot of times people are like, you want me to sit for a couple mm-hmm. minutes and do nothing? I can't scroll on, you know, on social media, but what would you say? Someone's like, how do I start? Do I just do a couple minutes? Do I do 15 minutes? That sounds too much. Honestly, when people ask me, I say, start two minutes, if you can, you know, like, you know, it's honestly, it it doesn't, the increment of time doesn't matter as long as you're building on it. Mm. The initial increment of time doesn't matter as long as you're building on it. Mm -hmm. You know, I usually recommend people start at two minutes. Mm-hmm. it's just probably easy but like sometimes for people who are like kind of really hyperactive i'll be like just start at one minute and then but like you have to do it though you like you have to follow through because if you do it for a minute and you're like nah it didn't work and then take four days off and then try again it's like you're moving real slow if you're going to start at a minute two minutes whatever that's fine but like you got to do it at least twice a day try to do it twice a day mm-hmm. you know like in in the morning and at night is best because it's kind of easiest. Kind of, you might wake up and then kind of like, oh, let me meditate, do that. And then kind of you're in bed about to go to sleep, meditate then. And then you might even meditate yourself into sleep and, um, and just keep going, you know, just make it consistent. And you'll find that naturally you just end up going for longer. As long as you do it frequently, mm-hmm. it, you, won't, you, don't, you won't have to try to do it for longer. That'll just happen. People think that, that, oh, I'm going to have to try. And it's like, no, 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 that'll happen. All you need is consistency. All you need is dedication and it'll, it'll end up happening for you. 
and then you kind of you know like i like to kind of take i, I don't always meditate <laughs> i'm, I'm going to go on record by saying that like i, I don't always meditate enough um but I, I do meditate every time like before i do any spiritual work and um i try to do it when i'm being real good i'm, I'm doing it three times a day but usually it's like it's around twice plus however many times i do it for work mm, i like that you're like i'm gonna be honest it's, it's not as yeah. much as I thought we should. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a human too. So like I, yes. I get caught up in it too, but, but, uh, but I, I, tr I try. So like, you don't have to be perfect, but you at least want to do a couple of times a day. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. You're just keeping it real. And I like that you say that you're human too, because so many times I hear from you say, oh, you know, spiritual world, they're, they're on a different level you know, because they're spiritually connected. Like, no, wait a minute. You are human too. You have ups and downs. You make mistakes. Sometimes you may not be consistent and mm -hmm. that's life, right? You're a human yeah. and, mm -hmm. it, and, and you forgive yourself and you keep showing up though. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And honestly, to me, that's the most spiritual thing that you can do is embody your humans. These people mm -hmm. that, that try to like escape the humanity for the sake of spirituality, you're missing the point. Like you're not here to do that. You didn't choose to come into a body to, to like, uh, to uh, move beyond your humanity. You're, you came here to fuse your spirituality with humanity. So for me, the more embodied and the more you are in your human experience, to me, that's the most spiritual thing that you can do. So I, I try to, to do that myself. Yeah. Wow. I love that. So did you, when you were going through your journey to get you to where you are today, did you have any experiences that was like, whoa, this is scary. This is too much for me. Maybe I should stop. There's one specific kind of pop into my head. Maybe another time will, will come when I'm while I'm talking. But uh, there was a, a while I was doing my series of just uh, this free uh, mediumship readings. Mm -hmm. I read for this one woman, and her mother came in, mm -hmm. and uh, she she already looked kind of. Oh, there's another one I just thought of. But she already looked kind of um, like strange. You know, like she she was kind of glowing. She was she only she looked kind of like a, just kind of like a like a white outline, like a light blue kind of outline. I thought to myself like, all right, first of all, this is interesting. I've never seen anything like this. Uh, but the, come to real and like the she didn't have any eyes, but the light was coming out of her eyes, kind of thing. Wow. And I, I came to realize as I was talking to her that oh, she's uh, like a she kept evolving after she passed. So she was like a like an advanced spirit. She was like the way that she looked. She was like um kind of moving past. Uh, her normal human soul self, if it's the best way I can describe it. And um, the daughter kept asking how her mother passed. Mm. And because she never knew it was a mystery. Mm. And her mother kept telling me, like, I don't want to talk about that. And mm. this is this is when I, I learned this lesson. And I kept pushing it because the daughter was pushing. She was so yeah. she was just like, she really wanted to know. And I was like, and I kept asking and asking and asking and asking. And until she got in my face, like she got in my face and she, and she like, she was kind of like, like yelling at me, screaming yeah. at me, the, the spirit. And like, I, it scared me. Like it actually, like it kind of terrified me. Like I'd never experienced something like that before. And I remember like, I, I didn't read again for like, like a, a couple of weeks. Cause I was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. This kind of frightened me. Um, eventually, obviously I, I picked it back up, but the lesson there for me was these are not disembodied inanimate objects these are people these are souls and they require respect mm -hmm. and love and reverence the same way that any other living human would and when you cross that like you, you don't cross that you wouldn't cross that boundary with, with a person with a physical person and if you do you know that there could be some sort of consequence or some sort of reaction and this was really, like when that point really hit home for me and ever since then, like I speak for them, I speak to them respectfully. I allow them to speak. I allow them to to say what they need to say. I do my best not to to fire off questions at them. I'll ask some questions and then I'll kind of like back off and let them kind of speak freely. And um, and they don't really hesitate to kind of like check me and kind of be like, well, like I'm still talking, you know. So you know. And, and ever since then, like like I'll be like, okay, okay, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Because sometimes I just want to sit there. Sometimes I just want to like revel in being imaged because spirits they don't just walk around with like a holding an image a physical image like they do that for us uh -huh. so in a mediumship reading and like i might be seeing oh this person has black hair blue eyes whatever 
mm-hmm. but they don't they don't look like they don't look they don't look like anything because they don't have physicality anymore mm-hmm. so sometimes they just like to revel in being imaged sometimes they'll just sit there and kind of like just kind of admire themselves like oh yeah this is what i look like mm-hmm. kind of thing and rather than push them like please answer the questions i just kind of let them flow and do um but another one uh so in one of my uh my second to last apartment that i lived in come to find out that uh that place was uh quote unquote haunted what people might say and and i'll clarify too because um they're essentially there are different levels of uh death you know or death quote unquote like when you pass away when you shed your your physical body you can either move all the way on, you pass all the way on, and then you've done your life review, you've gained all the lessons that you needed to from life, and now you're just a kind of a healthy, happy spirit. But there are such a thing, and there's people that are going to disagree with me when I say this. Even my mediumship, my first mediumship teacher does not believe in this, but I've experienced it myself, so I entirely disagree. Mm-hmm. There are things called bound spirits. Mm-hmm. And th- these are spirits that, uh, for one reason or the other, haven't passed on. They're, they're, they're kind of anchored to the earth. This is what people might use. They might use the term ghosts, for example. I don't really use that word, but like this is what people this is what people are saying when they they speak of ghosts, and they're not always um, angry or bad. Sometimes they're just kind of hanging out. Sometimes they hang out by choice. Sometimes uh, something happened which has disallowed them to move on, but sometimes they're not nice. Mm. Sometimes they're they're not nice, <laughs> and. Um, and they get trapped in the emotions that they were in when they passed away. Uh, so come to find out, there was a uh, a, a woman, a, a girl in the apartment that we were living in uh, that died of a drug overdose. Mm. Um, didn't know. No one told us. It was only uh, when it was during the, the series of uh, free readings that I was doing yeah. that I read for for somebody, but she happened to be a medium, and she kept asking like, "Are you?" you know but she could just describe this this woman i was like no i don't know who that is oh. and she's she was like okay and she pushed her aside kept reading and then at the end of the reading she was like you know she's still here she want to mine i don't know and then she starts describing she's like no 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 actually she's there and then she, she she describes an intricacy how she passed uh the nature of her relationship with her partner and her mother and all this stuff mm-hmm. and i, I kind of was like okay uh interesting and then um I think it kind of scared her because she told me that she'd gone through something kind of similar with a, another disembodied spirit that kind of ruined her life. And I'd never heard from her again. And she never answered my texts or calls ever again. So I think that kind of, like, she was like, I don't want to involve myself with this, which I was like, fine. Okay. Understandable. But I also didn't want to admit to myself that it was happening. So like, I kind of pushed it aside, but um, the things that would happen in the apartment and in the apartment complex, and it was as if she was, I'm not going to go into a whole bunch of detail, but she it was as if she was trying to pull herself back into the physical and avoiding passing over because she thought that she was going to be punished because because of how she lived her life. This is what she thought as a spirit, that she was going to maybe go to hell or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't really work like that. Um, but uh, she would pull from the fearful energy of everyone else in the building. She would like create uh, just chaos. She would like uh, people who were especially susceptible to this stuff would um she would like fill them with anger uh make them have arguments physical altercations break things it's crazy because like you would literally like kind of clear her from the space and then immediately you'd hear like banging from the apartment next door yeah she would would, it was it was was crazy so anyway so i i kind of didn't want to admit it and then like uh, like a year later completely separate person a friend of mine another medium um she was like uh okay, who's this girl? And then she starts to describe the same exact girl that this last medium did, word for word, way of passing, her mother, all this stuff. And I was like, okay. All right, so she's, okay, so it's real then, okay. And um, so yeah, th- that was uncomfortable. That was kind of uh, a mess. But in the end, we, I had to end up uh, kind of clearing her from the space, from at least the, the apartment that we were in. She hung out in the building, still uh, created kind of chaos and things. But at least we didn't have to deal with her much. Uh, it was like much less severe. She would come into our dreams. It was it was a mess. Uh, and then it ended when we moved out. So wow. <laughs> that was another time I was like, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> 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 this but this was the same apartment that I like discovered mediumship in and stuff. So for me, I'm like kind of going back to something I said earlier, everything is training. Yeah. You know, like in a way, like I kind of needed that experience. This, I discovered my ability to do mediumship while living immersed in this energy and was able to to overcome it so 
Wow, yeah. how crazy and incredible at the same time, but kind of creepy too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. It was thinking back on it, I'm like, man, like I, I'm, I'm kind of amazed that I even kind of got past that and got through it because it was every day she would terrorize us. And then like my, my partner at the time, she would, um, she would jump into her kind of and like mess because her traumas, their traumas were very resonant, mm. if that makes sense. So yeah. she could like access her uh, readily and easily, and that was the only way that she could get to me was through her so she would like tear it was yeah it was, it was a mess so she I believe that she was responsible uh, at least uh like not I'm not gonna say wholly responsible but like major like majorly uh, responsible for uh the death of one of our cats too at, at the time too yeah yeah because yeah that's a whole another thing yeah, he was a protector he tried to kind of help us and stuff but in the end um he succumbed to to it so yeah it was uh <laughs> Wow. painful and, and uh, troubling, but at the same time, uh, everything is training. Yeah. Wow. What an incredible story. Thank you for sharing that and being vulnerable and sharing that story with us. And then you're still today doing what you're doing, even with yeah. those stories, you know, and you can overcome anything spirit or not right? listening to your story. So you hear sometimes that there's good spirits, there's bad spirits. And then people think that spirits can't do anything, but listening to that story sounds like they can is there different so, levels of strength? So I'll have? tell you this. Yes. So the only way that they can reach you is if your vibration is matching. Mm. So they'll do things. So this is where I, this is how I learned this. So yeah. they can only harm you. They can only reach you. For example, if you're in a, a vibration of fear. So they might do things to keep you in a vibration of fear, whether they'll do it through other people or directly. Ah. Your job is to stay out of fear, to understand that they can only harm you if if you're fearful that this whole, you know, like the whoever it was, Theodore Roosevelt, whoever it was that, that the only thing that fear is fear itself. It's absolutely true, you know, because as long as you're out of fear, nothing can touch you. Oh. Nothing. So my advice to everybody who's a, who's afraid of these things, yeah. don't be afraid, simply. Interesting. Yeah, because the people I talked to that are afraid, they have like some crazy stuff happening and then their fear level meter goes up and up. But how interesting is that? So, so everyone listening, stop being scared. Stopping, it's scary. Like I know it sounds like like wishy washy and sing songy, but like this that is the actual answer. Um, so for example, if you're in a point in your life where like uh, like uh, other things are happening, other things are going wrong, you are susceptible to kind of psychic attack kind of thing. Like you're you're susceptible as long as you're working on that and focusing on solving for for those things, you're completely safe. And even if you're encountered with these things, your job in those moments is to simply not be afraid. Mm. is understand that no, no matter what they try to make you think they mm. can't touch you they're not allowed to this yeah. is kind of how vibration works if you think about like like a like a reverse magnet you know what i mean mm -hmm. like a like a magnetic push they yeah. can't get in if you're not vibrating what they vibrate i see so is it true if someone's vibrating lower that it's they're easier and more accessible than someone who's vibing a little bit higher oh yeah oh yeah and the only reason why i was able to to uh kind of be affected was be it was through my partner you know like yeah. I, I cared about her I really wanted her to be happy and healthy she was, she had some kind of major uh traumas that she was getting through and and I really was I had like I put my all into, into trying to solve for her stuff and kind of almost wholeheartedly ignoring my stuff and we all have stuff yeah. and that in and of itself put me in a in a low vibration which yeah. left me susceptible yeah yeah Wow. Well, thank you for sharing about your partner and bringing that in. So in your opinion, why do you think people are so afraid of the term spiritual or the spiritual world? The media. It's mm. by design. Yeah. <laughs> well, if, 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 we, if we know what we are capable of, we cannot be mitigated and we cannot be controlled. Mm -hmm. So by design, over the course of hundreds of years, we've been taught to be afraid of these things. Mm -hmm. because if you're afraid guess what you're susceptible and you're easy to easily controlled mm -hmm. and um it's it's all about um i'm not going to go on a whole long thing about this but like uh it's all about power and mm -hmm. it's all about keeping this quote-unquote balance of power the yeah. the people who are in charge right now do not benefit from us being empowered mm -hmm. so they'll do everything that they can through music through um tv through movies to keep us disempowered in order to keep themselves uh, on top. Uh, so the short answer to that is uh, it's by design. 
that's we're, we're afraid because this we've been trained to be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. 100%. You, you and I could probably do a whole nother episode on all that because <laughs> I'm like totally, I see eye to eye with you on that. I talk to my husband about that every day. Like, do you see the commercials? Do you see what celebrities are saying? You know, and it's like, mm-hmm. and I'm just a big believer that like people, you know, you truly become what you watch and you become brainwashed. <laughs> so. Yeah. And um, so I love that you, other people I talk to are talking about this more and for people, they're afraid of what they don't know, you know, and it's like, oh, spirits is creepy, spiritual. Oh, going to a medical physical stop, shop. That's creepy. But it's like, says who, who right, says right. it's creepy, you know, and who says anything's wrong being weird, right? Like, I think everyone should embrace their weirdness because that's what makes us unique. You know, so I appreciate you coming on and bringing that in. So what would you say someone who's like, okay, I'm experiencing a mediumship, Maurice, but I don't want to. Can I shut it off? Hmm. If you're experiencing, you might not like this answer, but if if you're experiencing uh, spirits, if you're perceiving spirits in the first place, you're meant to be. Mm-hmm. And in, in my opinion, it's not meant to be necessarily shut off, but it's meant to be controlled. So in other words, if you're wanting to not experience it in the way that you're doing, uh, especially involuntarily, the only way out is like in, is through. And that's learning how to focus it Mm-hmm. and shut it on and off and that's going to take you kind of kind of jumping in and learning it mm-hmm. first there's no way that, that you're going to experience these things and like it's done I can't see it's not really going to work like that this is why this mm-hmm. I'll kind of this is kind of an aside I'll, I'll circle back um, this is why a lot of people get into drugs alcohol they're desperately trying to shut these things off subconsciously yeah. you know like even me like like I, I have you know I used to drink a, a lot and looking back, like I had to stop drinking when I got sick in India. I think I mentioned it briefly when I got sick in India. Um, and this is kind of, so kind of, again, I'm like doing this, this loops back. One of the things that I did when I got sick in India, it wasn't just that I became sensitive. I mean, I did become sensitive, but like one of the things I had to do was stop drinking. It just mm-hmm. wouldn't, I, cu- I couldn't drink. And, and it was easy for me. I was like, I, I need to, I'm dying. Uh, so I, I need to do something. And, um, but what that did was it kind of peeled back this veil that I had been pouring over my myself for most of my life. It made me realize like, oh, is this part of the reason why I was drinking? So I wouldn't experience these things. Uh-huh. And it was, and I was trying to, I was trying to like drown it out. So, um, I mean, <laughs> you shouldn't, and it's unhealthy in so many other ways, but like, th- mm-hmm. this is one way to, to block it out. And it's not a long-term uh, solution. It will only cause more damage in the end the only way to kind of stop experiencing it is to learn how, learn what's happening, learn what you're, uh, learn how to do it basically. Mm-hmm. And once you learn how to do it, once you learn the muscle, you find that you don't have to experience it all the time. Like for me, mm-hmm. I don't just, I don't just walk around seeing things. So, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, like I, I set, and I guess this brings me to the next point. For me, I set a boundary. There, there was a time where I was like, okay, I'm only going to do this when I designate the time and the space to do this. You're not going to come into my bed. You're not going to knock on my window. You're not going to, mm-hmm. you're not going to walk into my, you're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. We're going to decide that I would, that we're going to meet at a certain place at a certain time, whenever I do it. So like, I guess one of the first things that you do is, is you actually create a boundary. Like you, you whether you speak it out loud or internally, you create this boundary. And w- when you do it, it actually works. It, it seems kind of, again, sing song and simple, but if you've never done it before and you spend all the time just being afraid of it, of course it's just gonna keep happening. You, you gotta set the boundary. Um, for me, the way that I teach mediumship, for example, is I don't teach kind of augmented reality mediumship where they're like, you see them in the room with you and they're sitting right there. I teach kind of, um, I'll give different, uh, variations of this, but I'll walk you into either a room or another place, maybe in the forest or something in your mind's eye, and you'll meet them here. So it's almost, instead of meeting them in your bed, you're meeting them like at the mall. 
you know, you're meeting them at this public place where, where both of you can kind of come in and like sit down together and, and have this peaceful conversation rather than it feel um, hectic because they stepped into your world. Yeah. So this is another way that, that you can kind of keep it from uh, like leaking into your 3D is creating the space internally, whether you create a, a room for yourself in your brain. This is how I started. It's kind of creating my own room uh, inside my head where I meet them. And this kind of creates this kind of um, wall of separation that, that disallows it to just kind of happen involuntarily. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I've talked to other mediums and they have not described this. So that's really cool. I love that, mm. you know, everyone's different, right? Like each medium yeah. is, you guys practice a little bit different. Things you do are a little bit different. So everyone who's listening, like every psychic's not the same. You guys are all a little right. bit different. Yeah. Just wow. as, as much variation in spiritual work as there is in humans. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. sometimes people try to put you guys in a box, you know, like, yeah. okay, you're spiritual and whatever, but you're, you're the same, but you guys aren't at all. And I like that you say that because, so is it true? I got to ask. So I hear this all the time. Like something's happening in my house, gal, but if I don't acknowledge it, it just will it'll know that I'm not sensing it. Is that true? No, no. <laughs> it's, it's something, something's happening in your house, uh, non-physical beings. Mm -hmm. they know when you perceive them mm. they don't need ears and eyes and like the physical senses to, to do that so um if things are happening in your house they'll likely just keep happening you know mm. you can get to a certain degree of being able to ignore it or accept it i suppose but right. it's going to keep happening and and now and you can either acknowledge it you can try to do something about it or you can leave mm. <laughs> you know those are really your your options um, just kind of the example of me in that, that apartment. Um, I, I don't, I wasn't meant to fix that problem. Right. That building is the way it is because okay. it's kind of a hub for other people mm -hmm. who are of that vibration to experience these things and go through their own training, whether they get through it or whether they don't, or they succumb to it. A lot of people succumb to it. It was interesting. Like uh, quite a few people passed away while we were even living there. How um, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and oh, the, the building number was 911. Yeah. Uh, right directly next door was uh, uh, like a home for troubled youth. Mm. Across was was a like a nursing home for um, like mentally challenged people. Yeah. Uh, maybe like a quarter of a mile up the road was a hospital. Mm -hmm. Around the corner was a fire house. Mm -hmm. And then about a block away was a police station. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. yeah so like that place even on an energetic level was kind of a, a hub for this kind of uh activity with that place at the center and we ended up there because of what we were dealing with and what we were going through do you know what i mean like we needed to be there though it was kind of as hell a lot of the time um we ended up there because we needed to so i wasn't meant to solve for the building's trouble the building has its own purpose for the people that end up there yeah so sometimes the answer is to leave if it's bad, you know, I, I'm not one to say that you can always solve for it. Like you can, there are times where you're meant to actually solve for the energy in the place, but there are also times where you're not meant to solve and that place is supposed to stand as it is. Yeah. That, how interesting is that? It almost sounds like you're describing like a little small town in a TV show or something, you know, mm. like, wow. So yeah, so you guys listening, just because you don't acknowledge it doesn't mean it doesn't know that you don't, you, you didn't feel that, you know, whatever happened in your house. Cause I, you know, one of my friends was telling me like, she went to, she went on vacation mm. and she felt something touch her back. And she was like, oh, hell no, I'm not acknowledging <laughs> this shit. I'm going to go to sleep. But then yeah. it kept happening. And mm -hmm. then she just found she went to sleep, but then the next night, then it touched her arm. And then she's like, no, if I'm not acknowledging it, it's it's fine. But listening to you, they still know. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. They, they have, <laughs> they, they, yeah, they don't sense the way that we do. Yeah, they have full yeah. awareness of, of it. And, and simply not acknowledging is not going to not gonna necessarily stop anything at all. No. Right, right. Wow, how interesting. That. So you guys, don't be afraid. So what we're learning from this episode, don't be afraid. And just acknowledging and ignoring it doesn't mean it's going to go away. Mm. <laughs> like, I'm one you chuckle, to, like good luck <laughs> yeah good, good luck if that's your that's your uh that's your method because i tried that i'm only speaking from experience i tried to just to not acknowledge it like you heard me kind of describe like nah, whatever it doesn't matter like that doesn't exist but no it's sure enough it reared its its ugly head over and over and over and over and over again and until it was like okay time to go <laughs> 
Right. Wow. (laughs) So is is someone is like, okay, they're not a believe in the spiritual world because I heard this and I'm going to go by stage and I'm just going to stage my house real quick. And Mm -hmm. then whatever's there is going to go away. Does that actually work? At times, yeah. Mm-hmm. There are times where, like, I, like I'm a big purveyor of like smudging and things, mm-hmm. and I, I do it all the time. But it's not a, it's typically not a one and done deal. It's typically something that mm-hmm. you're gonna have to do pretty, pretty frequently. Um, but it does help a lot, and it changes energy because, like, for example, sage it kind of shifts the vibration. So imagine that kind of the uh, imagery of of the reverse magnetic pull or the magnetic push. Yeah. You create this kind of barrier where they're like ah, and they gotta go, and they kind mm-hmm. of like have to like they get pushed out. But if the vi- if that initial vibration that they were resonant with is either still within you as a person or within the walls themselves, the physicality of the place, mm-hmm. it's, you know, they'll be back. Oh, how interesting is that? You yeah. could be staging for days, but they, they may come back. Yeah, yeah. It is possible to do home cleansings and things. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you can, you can get a practitioner to actually cleanse the homes. And that does work mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Gotcha. Interesting you <laughs> say that. I, yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I've been to um, one of my friends' place and he's like, yeah, my mom's stage and she did a ritual. And I was like, just so you know, there's still something here. I was like, yeah. I'm like, I don't do this for a living. I can just feel there's something here. And every time we would be there, the lights would flicker and things would just be off. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's not a believer. I'm mm-hmm. like, you, homie, you cannot tell me that is normal. <laughs> okay, yeah. like, let's be serious right now. <laughs> like, your lights are always jacked up. Come on yeah right mm-hmm. so i was like you might think i'm crazy but actually you're crazy because you don't want to acknowledge it right it's just in denial because it's hard because when you live in a place because again i've experienced this too it's hard to want to admit it doesn't matter even if you do believe yeah it's hard to admit to yourself that something's there with you you don't want to believe that i know i didn't i tried not to believe it because like what do you do this is where you live and sleep you know Ew. so like i so i understand the sentiment you know like i'm not uh kind of uh I understand, I'm understanding of people who want to just not acknowledge it. Like, I completely understand. But if if you think, if, to answer the question, if, is that a viable solution to the problem? No. Mm. <laughs> no, it isn't. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So you keep trying, but it's not going to be long term. Right, right. But, but, but again, it is possible to actually clear homes. Yeah. I've seen it and I felt it done. Okay. It's just, it's not 100%. It, it's not like, you know what I mean? Even the, the most seasoned practitioners who've been doing it for 40 years, who've cleansed hundreds of homes, thousands of homes, whatever, it doesn't always work. It doesn't always take, mm. you know, so. Oh, interesting. So could someone like book a session with you and like, hey, Maurice, I think something's here. Can you connect with it and get it to leave? Like, what does it work that way? Or, or could you yeah. help in some way? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I would always be upfront and let them know whether or not that it was the case. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I typically the way that I would do it is I would enter the home non-physically. I would like enter the home, kind of have a conversation with the, the spirit of the home itself and any other entity or being that I would perceive and kind of just like see first of all, see if they allow me to speak with them. If they don't allow me to speak with them, they're staying. You know, like the, the, I, I can't if if they're already resistant to even having a conversation or connecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might prove to be difficult. I can try mm. and it, it may help, it may work, but again, doesn't always take. The, the most successful ones that I've had are ones that I've been able to connect with a, a being in spirit mm-hmm. and have a conversation with them and like ask them, like, what's going on? Why are you here? What is it that you want or need? And kind of like try to help them with that. Because usually they're hanging out for, for a reason. There's some sort of thing or need that they have. And especially being in a place where they've been unable to have the problem solved or even speak to anybody, mm-hmm. they're usually apt to, to kind of open up and have a conversation. It's the ones that are like completely resistant to that, yeah. that don't really have an interest in, in leaving. Yeah. And um, yeah, that then it becomes difficult because often it's another concept because what oftentimes happens is like when they've infused themselves that deeply into the home and there's a person, a living person living in that home, a lot of times they have be made themselves kind of intertwined with the living person's energy in some way. So I, part of a clearing will sometimes have to do with clearing what's in the 
living person that's keeping the non-living being anchored into the home, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that, of course, the living person has to be open to letting that go. If they're hanging on to that and unable to let that go, then like, then I surely can't help. And do you know what I mean? Because like, the, there's like this like blending of, of the energies that I can't undo in, unless the living person is, is ready and willing to, to let go of whatever it is. It might be some sort of like old trauma that has nothing to do with the non-living yeah. being. And do you know what I mean? That that maybe the, the non-living being has in common with the living person. You know, and it's, it's when you create, when you dissolve that link, you can call it like an energetic cord, for example. When you dissolve that cord, that now leaves the being unable to anchor itself into the into the person uh, and or the home. So this is just one example. This is not always the case, but this is one example of like how clearing would go for me. Interesting. So it doesn't even have to be that that's like someone's loved one, right? It could just be someone that attached to to that living person, what it sounds like. Right, right. Either living person or the the home itself, and then by way of the person living in the home now attached to the the living person. Gotcha. Wow. So what what happens when someone who's living lost their loved one, but they don't want to let them go? So is that spirit stuck here or still hanging out here? Depends. So a living person can't really keep a non living person here. If that makes sense. So even so, for example. Uh, someone loses their mother mm-hmm. and the mother passes away and then the living person can't let them go, quote unquote. Yeah. That non-living person, mm-hmm. uh, it's they're on their own journey. They'll likely pass all the way on. If, if they're anchored here, it's not because of, necessarily because of the, the uh, inability for the person to let the mother go. Ah. Um, so that, yeah, they, they can't really keep them here, but they can play a part in them staying, if that makes sense. So, yeah. so mediumship, is not just a um, like people kind of think it's like kind of like a like a for show. It's like a thing that you do. It's like a thing that that like you can show. It's it's a healing modality, just like anything else. It's a healing modality, just like Reiki. And oftentimes, what happens in these sessions is that there's healing provided for the living person. Maybe they get closure, they get the things that they need. But there's also healing provided for the non-living person, who's mm-hmm. who may still be trying to process the emotions of life that they haven't been able to before. And through the mediumship reading, they're able to do that. And what I've experienced many times, actually, is that um, people who are uh, either bound or are still kind of in the middle, kind of not fully having processed the, the life events, through the mediumship reading, are able to release, let go, and finally pass all the way on. So a mediumship reading also can provide uh, the ability for the, the spirit to pass all the way on if they're stuck. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you having stuff, talk to Marie saying you and you <laughs> like <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> yeah. like help clear some of that shit out. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm-hmm. wow, interesting. Thank you for bringing that in. And I like how you describe that. Like just because you're living and you don't want to let that person go, you don't have that much power. Right. Exactly. To exactly. keep them here. Okay. Mm-hmm. If they're here, they're kind of here by choice. Uh, or or they're stuck for another reason. Like you can't like put a chain around them and keep them here. No, no. it doesn't work very well. Right, right. And even if you did, right, they, most people probably can't even communicate with them. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And do you believe like everyone's a medium? Everyone's a psychic? What is your thoughts on that? Or is it certain like, are you born with this? I believe that every, all humans, we are even on a physical level built to be able to do it. This is our human bodies already can can do it. Some of us have a higher propensity for it. Mm-hmm. Some of us are more natural. Some of us can do it right away and more readily and easily. This to me also has to do with genetics. I find that certain people from certain places all over the world, and I say certain, but like most places all over the world, um, ha- are naturally more uh, spiritually gifted. So when you carry certain DNA, uh, like and not more spiritually gifted, but it's like more on the surface. Everyone, so in other words, everyone can do it. Everyone can exercise it and develop the skill. Everyone can. This is what I believe. But you, A, have to want to. Mm-hmm. And, and B, have to know and like have faith that it that it's happening. Mm. But it's typically the, like you'll find the people who are, who are doing it involuntarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are examples of the people who are kind of wearing the gift right on, right on their sleeves. And they might as well just learn it if nothing else, to be able to control when it happens and doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, circling back to that, that last question. So yeah, like my thoughts are that everyone has the capability to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, not everyone will do it. Not everybody has to do it. 
and some people can do it more readily than others. Yeah, I, I like that you describe it like that. So, because I always see as like you know someone who is like, oh my gosh, you're a natural born gifted basketball player, right? But that doesn't mean you become a professional just because you're good at it. Exactly, you still have to develop and practice and become better. So just like a medium, you may have that more naturally, but you still have to develop and practice. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So you're just, not just, just waking because... up and doing readings, you know, just because. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and quite honestly, like, I, I never wanted this, you know, it's, it's not that I, it's not that I, I didn't, like I had an aversion to it, yeah. but I never actively wanted to do this. I meet some mediums and psychics and things and they're like, yeah, I've been doing tarot since I was a kid and I just always dreamed of being a witch. And like, I wasn't like that. Like, I really, like, I just happened upon this. All I'm doing, again, is just following the breadcrumbs. You know, I'm just following where I'm being guided. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, it's kind of working out, you know. But I never wanted this. I, I, I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to be a chef. Um, and, I, and I wanted to, like, I wanted to write and, and do these other things. Yeah. Um, all of which were kind of derailed for the sake of spiritual work. Not to say that I won't do those things, but Right. spiritual work for me was meant to be my base in the same way that some people were meant to play baseball in the same way some people were meant to be plumbers first and foremost and you know that's my thing my number one thing happens to be spiritual work which is still wild to me to think about but it's undeniable right wow how amazing is that so yeah you're right I have heard people like yeah I I seen that psychic and I always knew I was going to be one but to hear your <laughs> perspective which is the complete opposite like I didn't always really necessarily want to do this. No, it was only literally 2020 when I was like, okay, I guess I'll be a professional psychic. You know, that's when I kind of accepted it. Though it's been happening kind of over the course of my entire life. I never, first of all, back then I wasn't even, I didn't, I thought thought it was normal. Like I didn't think, you know, I didn't have any working examples of of anything, you know, and especially uh, like all my family's gifted, but all of them, were kind of starkly afraid of it come to find out later once I'm talking to them about it um but all my family's gifted you know like and this is another thing I do want to say to people too is that like you have a gift you're not special mm-hmm. like let, let me just make yeah. that clear you're not special like first of all you have what you have because of your parents and then your parents parents and then your parents 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 like you you inherited this you're not special yeah. you know like I, I want to make that clear because like me like I'm I, like I didn't just like pop out of nowhere and I can do this thing. like no 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 like both my mother and my father were, were incredibly gifted. Um, they channeled their gifts in different ways and also uh, blotted their their kind of psychic gifts out in other ways. You know, yeah. uh, they, they 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 like to drink both of them, and um, they uh, and and the rest of my family has always been like that. You know, and like thinking back, I'm like, oh, it's, it doesn't. It makes a lot of sense. It's not weird that I've been like this. The last person I found out much later. To practice uh, spiritual work actively was my great great grandfather. Wow! And finding that out, I was like, "Oh, so I'm not weird." Like I needed that to even continue on my spiritual journey. To hear that, my grandmother, my late grandmother, told me that that he used to read her palms, he used to interpret her dreams, and uh, he used to read for her, like do psychic readings uh, for her. And he told me in himself, um, in a in a mediumship session, uh-huh. that he it had to be me. Like I I was the 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 chosen one to be able to like actually continue on with my family's gift and um it's a it's heavy you know it's it's a heavy burden but like I don't really have a choice no it's not that it's not it's not that I don't have a choice you always have a choice but it's the path of least resistance (laughs) you know (laughs) following through with that so yeah wow amazing yeah so if people just slow down a minute start to look at your own history in your family right like hmm start to see that other people and the things that they were doing kind of makes sense, like your story. So I love that you bring that in because I really resonate with that. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, you're like speaking about my story right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, how did you know? <laughs> no. Uh, um, so Maurice, what last piece of advice would you like to give to listeners who are like, okay, I'm kind of afraid of it, but I'm kind of interested at the same time. What do I do? Throughout every day, we receive what I started calling little nudges. Mm-hmm. little pushes to do little things mm-hmm. people think that the guidance that we receive is supposed to be loud and obnoxious and like a like a plastered sign in front of our faces but oftentimes the most profound and necessary steps that we need to take are these tiny little nudges maybe i should go outside mm. maybe i should have a glass of water maybe i should um i don't know maybe i should like 
rearrange my room or something like these little nudges and and then like it's just those times where we're like nah I don't feel like it yeah follow the little nudges is my advice mm-hmm. those little nudges that you get they, they might seem completely unrelated to spiritual work or anything else that you're trying to achieve follow those little nudges each one of those things is an essential step in the direction of what you're trying to do and what where you're trying to go um yeah I, I won't even elaborate on that just like just follow the little nudges and you'll see it'll lead you to where you need to be I'm going to use that (laughs) like I'm going to remember that Marie said follow those nudges (laughs) yeah so thank you that's perfect so Mm. let everybody know how they can find you get in touch with you and learn a little more about you uh so you can email me at ancientmademodern at gmail.com ancientmademodern at gmail.com is my email Uh, you can find me on instagram at ancient.made.modern I'm also on Facebook, I think now. Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Uh, uh, you can just Maurice Sinclair. You'll mm-hmm. see my face pop up. And um, yeah, you can start there. Those are three good ways to to contact me readily and easily. And I can direct you anywhere that you need to be. Also, I have a website, ancientmademodern.com. <laughs> you can find me there too. And uh, yeah, yeah, feel free to reach out everybody. I'm, and oh, and I guess I should be clear about this because people oftentimes have uh, reservation about uh, reaching out to me. Uh, please feel free to reach out first of all. And second, if you're, if you're wanting to reach out and even just have a conversation about what I could possibly do for you, that's in, uh, completely free too. That mm-hmm. I don't charge you for, like a, I guess what people call a, a consultation. Yeah, I'm more than happy to talk it through with you. Mm, I love that. So, and don't worry guys, I'll put the links to make it easy because I know how people are. If it's difficult to find you, they're like, <laughs> forget it. <laughs> so thank you so much, Maurice, for your time, your knowledge and your stories. Like you, I found it super interesting and I really enjoy this time with you. So I really appreciate you. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. <laughs> oh, awesome. Thank you.